uh, faith boosters, not busters as I said last week, faith boosters, uh, practical teaching. We're going to take a look at that first way to improve your faith this morning as we introduced this series last week. You know, I thought it was interesting uh, when I got an email this week with this ad here uh, that was entitled, Boost with Facebook. You know, they had to, you know, somebody just said, Mark needs that for an illustration, so they sent that to me. Um, Boost with Facebook. Uh, Last week I talked about the Boost feature that uh, is available at least on commercial Facebook pages like our church page. I don't know if it's in, you can do it on your personal page, but the, the, the commercial page, our church page, has that feature. It's a paid service that's offered where, where Facebook will push or boost your post to a wider audience, a larger audience, and you set the parameters of who you want that audience to be so that more people will be reached by your your post, whatever it is, if it's, you know, the announcement of some event you have coming up. Um, Boost with Facebook, which is a little, is a different thing, uh, apparently is a network that businesses can join that offers several benefits that can uh, help you boost your business. In our case, if we were to do it to boost what's going on here at the church. Some of the services offered with Boost Your Facebook are access to helpful tools, Uh, training and resources, uh, invitations to exclusive members-only events. That sounds fancy. I want to go to that. Uh, One-on-one support, uh, tech support. I often need that uh, for your pages and your ad accounts, opportunities to spotlight your business. Uh, Now, as tempting as that was to click on that link and check it out further, boost with Facebook, uh, especially with those exclusive one-on-one events. Um, I did not join that network, um, but it sounds like that this could be helpful in boosting your business if, if, you, uh, if you have a business Facebook page. Getting the word out, improving your presentation, meeting people who could help you be more successful, bigger, have a bigger footprint uh, for your business, and no doubt for a fee, Facebook will be glad to give your Facebook business page a boost. So if you have one, you might want to check that out. Our goal during this series is not to boost our Facebook page, uh, but to boost our faith in God, to, to make our faith bigger, bigger. Now, why is that important? Why is it important for our faith to get bigger? Uh, can't we get by with just an entry-level faith? <laughs> You know, a faith that, that never grows beyond our initial response to, to accepting Jesus as our Savior. Can't we just stay where we are, that infant stage of, of our faith? Well, the question that I would have for that would be, why would you want to do that? <laughs> why would you want to stay at, at that, uh, that uh, initial phase of your faith uh, level? Why, why wouldn't you want your faith to grow, to get bigger? I mean, what benefit uh, is it? For us to be satisfied with a faith that remains the same as when we first accepted Jesus. Other than maybe a desire to just, I want to keep a foot in the world. That's, that's why, you know, I'm not ready to just commit everything. I, 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 I like keeping one foot in the world and, and not being fully committed to Christ. Uh, and maybe we think that would be better, maybe more fun or, or less restrictive. Uh, maybe that's the reason people might be satisfied with keeping their faith small. 
the sense I, I get as I read the New Testament is clearly that God wants our faith to always be in a state of growing bigger and bigger and, and bigger, getting stronger and stronger. It, it's what God wants from us. But, but one reason he wants it is not just because it makes him happy. It does make him happy as our faith grows. But it, he also wants that because God knows that a stronger faith benefits our lives. It helps us. It's good for us. The more, the more faith we have, the less anxiety we have in life. Uh, the more trust we have in God, the less we worry about whether our needs are going to be met from day to day. Uh, the more assured we are that God is in control, uh, the less concerned we are with the chaos of this world that we see everywhere. The, the more confidence we have in God's promises, the less difficult times affect our lives. You can have all the money, all the power, all the influence that the world has to offer, but that will not shield you from cancer or difficult relationships uh, or, or disappointment or accidents or old age or death. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 45, that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So, you know, no matter who we are, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're male or female, whether we're the elite or the peasants, blue-collar, white-collar, woke or unwoke, <laughs> we all have to live in this fallen world filled with all the good in it and all the bad in it. We all have to experience it. You know, Bill Gates, one of the richest men in all the world in history, yet his billions could not shield him from a broken marriage, could it? Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to wake up every morning and no matter what life throws at us, with great confidence, we could say every day, you know, worry for me about anything, anything is a thing of the past. I don't worry. No matter what, I know and believe that God is in control. There are no guarantees in this life, I understand that, other than God's promises that he has made. I will not put my trust in this world, its wealth, its pleasures, its promises, because I know they will always fade away. While I do, not, I do put trust in some people in my life, uh, even sometimes they will let me down. No, today, all my trust, no matter what, is placed in you, God. My hope in you will help me always give you praise for my blessings and give me the strength that I need to endure any sufferings that I know will come to my life as I live in this life. Wouldn't it be great to have that kind of faith every day, every day? You know, a lot of poor people spend much of their lives worrying about tomorrow, don't they? 
Am I going to have enough food to eat? Is, how am I going to get by? But you know what? There's a lot of rich people that spend a lot of their life worrying about tomorrow. Will the stock market fall? Will I lose everything that I have? But rich or poor, a big faith in God can make worrying about tomorrow a thing of the past. Never a problem again. During this series, we're going to consider five things that can help move us toward having that kind of faith. That kind of trust in God. So today, let's look at our first one. Practical teaching. Practical teaching. That can boost our faith. Now, when, when you talk to people who've learned to let God grow their faith, uh, you'll find a, a pretty common th theme in, in their lives. At some point in their lives, something clicked in their brain that said, wow, the teachings of the Bible are really very practical for me. Now, you might think, ooh, that's exciting. The Bible is practical. Whoa, let's get excited about that. <laughs> but wait, you know, you know, if this world needs anything, and Chuck kind of talked about that this morning in Sunday school, if this world needs anything right now, it needs a heavy dose of common sense and practical guidance. And not from the woke crowd uh, who only go where the cultural winds take them. No, not from them, but from the creator of the universe. That's where we need some practical guidance. Have you ever said this or heard, heard someone say this about uh, 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 the Bible or a sermon that they heard? You know, I never knew the Bible said, said that or talked about that issue. I, I, I never knew that that was in the Bible. And it wasn't just because of some sort of information that you, you discover, like, wow, I never knew that the book of Ezekiel was written around 530 B.C. That's interesting. Now, I'm not talking about information. <laughs> not, not information, but revelation that says to you, what I just heard or read in the Bible applies to me. It's relevant to my life, my situation, my struggle that I'm going through. Wow, I didn't know the Bible covered that. And when that switch turns on for us, when we find teaching that doesn't just teach us information, but we realize that what we've learned has to do with my life, that is practical teaching. You see how that can be exciting and not boring? And not about how to change your oil, but how to change your life so that you and people around you can have more peace in your life, experience less anxiety, live a happier, more fulfilled life with a hope that you know can never fade away, never be taken away. Did you ever hate lessons in school that left you thinking, you know, when am I ever going to use this? Why are we learning this? It doesn't make any sense. Math sometimes fits in that category for kids and adults too, right? <clears throat> you know, why in the world do we have to learn trigonometry? When am I going to use that in everyday life? But the point is, you know, maybe we won't 
use trigonometry, but maybe we will. The point is, when we receive teaching, we have a desire to be taught something useful, practical, right? We don't want to waste time on something that we're never going to use. This past uh, Thursday night, uh, I led a training session for our new software program that we have called ProPresenter 7. Uh, Not to be confused with ProPresenter 6. (laughs) Um, uh, Most of you here, and we're using that this morning, uh, but most of you here have no desire, nor do you need to learn anything about ProPresenter 7, right? So you're not going to be going, can I learn? Can I learn? Can I learn? Unless you want to help us in our tech ministry, and then we w- we'd welcome you. But you know, it would be a waste of your time, wouldn't it, for, for most of you to sit through a training session about ProPresenter 7. Uh, but you know what? Those who came to the class Thursday night hopefully will benefit from that training because they're going to be using it, like Beth is using it right now uh, as, as, we do, as we present our, our service, uh, services up on the screen here and also on Facebook Live as well. Um, You see, the Bible is not just some operator's instruction that only other people need. You know, those religious people. They're the ones that care and need the Bible, not just normal folks. No, that's not what it is. The Bible is God's guide to how everyone can live a fulfilled life. Everyone. Every one of you, everyone who's watching on Facebook Live, it's for you. It's not just for the religious people. Yeah, sometimes we look at the Bible as if it's trigonometry <laughs> or, or some software training that we're told that we're supposed to learn and study so we can check that box and say we did it. And we wonder why. Do we really need this? Here's the thing that we, we've got to understand. The Bible is not just required reading for the Christian. You remember in college, if you went to college, You know, there was these things you had to read, and you didn't pay attention. You just read it so you could say you read it, right? That's not the Bible, folks. That's not the Bible. It's God's practical guide for life. And if we don't see it that way, if we just see it as as some boring book that Mark says we got to read, so I guess I got to read it, we will miss out on the wonderful, fulfilling, meaningful, rewarding life that God wants us all to experience the bible teaches us so much about real life from the creator's perspective you know all of us hunger for practical teaching don't we how we we hunger for how do we treat each other what's what does god how does god want us to treat each other how do we raise kids how how do uh, rick said the other night he said yeah we do have an owner's manual for parents it's the bible yeah, it talks a lot about how to raise kids, how to manage our emotions. Anybody struggle with that? <laughs> the Bible talks about marriage. It talks about managing fear and anxiety, how to pray, how to handle our money. Anybody struggle with that? The Bible is full of teachings that are not just theory. They're, they're not things that are out of our grasp that for, are for other people. It's where the rubber meets the road for everyone in real life. Our faith, our faith is meant to be real and tangible. Faith is not just a concept or an idea, but it's something that we use in our everyday lives 
to live, to live the way God wants us to live. Maybe we need to be convinced to make our faith real and tangible. Maybe we all need a switch to go off in our minds to understand that. The Bible is practical and I need to practice it, to listen to what Jesus has to say about my life. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27, he said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down and the floods came up or the streams came up. And the winds blew and it beat against that house. <clears throat> Yet it did not fall because it, was, it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. You know, Matthew 7, Jesus has just finished one of the greatest sermons of uh, about practical life lessons. We're talking about it on Wednesday nights. The Sermon on the Mount, it's, we call it. Uh, and as he wraps this sermon up in chapter 7, it's Matthew 5 through 7, as he wraps it up in chapter 7, he leaves everybody with this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is wise. Is wise. To make the point he uses a construction illustration jesus was all about uh, using examples and illustrations to help uh, people understand what he was talking about and everybody knows about construction understands how that works uh, the basics of it a wise man builds his house on what a rock a solid foundation right that makes sense everybody understands that a firm foundation not hard to see and understand at all that's wise, Jesus said. But a foolish man builds his house on what? The sand. We were just down at the beach uh, yesterday with my son Jason, and of course everybody builds on the sand down there. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're not talking about that kind of construction because they've sort of learned how to overcome the sand by drawing pylons 12 feet into the ground. Uh, no, we're talking about building your house and just sitting it right on the sand, like going to Jockey's Ridge and building your house right there on top of the sand. And that's foolish, Jesus says, to do that. And construction, <laughs> two things Jesus pinpoints as key and the difference between the wise person and a foolish person. Hearing and practicing what you hear. So let's start with hearing. When it comes to teaching there's no doubt hearing is vitally important in that you know the, the apostle paul asked a great question in romans chapter 10 verse 14 when he said how then can you call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone to preaching to them just some common sense teaching right Hearing is clearly important to getting things right. 
uh, if you want to understand and do what's right. No one, no one gets very far at all with faith or practical teaching if you first haven't at least heard the practical teaching. How in the world can you know what you're supposed to do if you, someone doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do? You, you ever been at a drive through fast food restaurant where you can't understand what the cashier is saying? You know, it sounds like Charlie Brown, the adults on Charlie Brown. Um, uh, there's one particular fast food chain here in Wilson, I'm not going to mention their name, uh, that I especially struggle with understanding. It's like, I have no idea what this woman just said, uh, or this man. Um, usually they repeat back to me my order, and I go, sure. <laughs> And I hope that it's, the, that it's right. And usually it is. Usually it's right. Um, thankfully, we don't have to ask God or, under, or listen to God through some kind of staticky intercom. Isn't that, isn't that good that we, we don't have to do that? God doesn't speak to us through some mysterious voice in our heads. God, is that you? Did, did you just say something to me? You know, God gives us his practical teaching in words that you and I can read for ourselves in the Bible. Wasn't that a brilliant idea that God gave us? To, to speak to us through words that we can read ourselves. But if you don't read it, you can't hear God, right? You're going to miss out on what he's saying. And the cool thing is that every one of us, especially in this country, every one of us can hear God by simply picking up his word and reading it or hearing someone read it in a sermon or in a lesson as we, were, as we read it together. Again, it's not required reading just to pass the class so we can check that box off. No, the Bible is the creator of the universe speaking to you and me about our life. So, let me ask you, how often and how well are you hearing the words of God? How can you believe if you aren't hearing? How can your faith grow if you aren't hearing God speak? This is something that we need to, to be intentional about. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to listen to God speak to me through his word. We, we, we intentionally place ourselves in environments where we can hear the word of God. Hear God speak to us through his word. Jesus said again, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And if you want to see your faith grow, and hopefully all of us do, one of the ways to make that happen is to hear the Word of God, not once in a while, not on Easter and Christmas, but regularly, regularly. Maybe most of us know that, yet we often fail to make time to hear God through His Word. And one of the reasons we, we often fail to hear God in His Word is because of what we might call noise. Noise. You know, in, in football, there are 11 players on the field at one time on both teams. Um, <clears throat> but in some stadiums, there is so much crowd noise that the fans in the crowd are called the 12th player. Uh, it, it, the Seattle Seahawks is a good example of that. They, they have these 
flags with 12 on it. And people wear jerseys that say 12. Uh, you know, they pride themselves, we're the 12th player because we, we make so much noise that we rattle the opposition. Because they, when we're so loud, the, 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 the opposition players can't hear their coaches. They can't hear their quarterback call the signals. And so they mess up. I've heard that the Kansas City Chiefs fans have clocked in at 142 decibels. And they hold the record for the loudest stadium uh, in the NFL. That's louder, according to what I read, than the average flight deck on an aircraft carrier where jets are taking off all the time. That's hard to imagine, but I guess that's true. And they say your ears can actually rupture at 150 decibels. That's a lot of noise, isn't it, at, at um, Arrowhead Stadium there in Kansas City. Yeah, and, and it's very, a very, very real part of the game. Games. NFL games have been won and lost because of the crowd noise disrupting the play. I've seen teams uh, have... Uh, false start penalties that puts them back five yards and puts them out of field goal range or, or prevents them from getting the first down or, or scoring. It's a real part of the game, the noise in a stadium. There's a band that has a song called Adding to the Noise. And they talk about how much the things of this world are fighting for our attention. As a band, they want to be heard, right? As any band would want to. <clears throat> but they say in the chorus of this song, if we're just adding to the noise, <clears throat> turn off this song. We don't want to just be noise. We want to have a, an impact on your life. You know, when my wife tells me something, but I'm on my phone or I'm watching TV, the noise that I've chosen to, to put in my life can prevent me from hearing her. Anybody else have that problem? With God, often the noise in our lives, whatever that might be, can prevent us from, from taking time to listen to God through his word. And, and even if, if we're trying to read the Bible, uh, and, and we, we attend church, and we're here, and we're sitting there, and you're, and you're looking at me, uh, sometimes noise in our lives, even when we're trying to listen to God, we're still not listening. I don't know about you, but, but I, can, I, can, I have the ability to read a whole chapter in the Bible or sit through an entire church service and never hear a word that's said because my mind is a million miles away on some noise that's in my life. If you aren't hearing the Word of God in your life regularly, really hearing it, maybe one thing that we need to do is turn off some noise that's preventing us from hearing if, if making time to read the bible or, or come to church or be in a bible study or sitting down with your bible by yourself every day during the week to hear god through his word seems to never happen maybe you have intentions but it never happens maybe we need to turn off something that's preventing us from doing that maybe it's less social media Maybe it's less video games if you're a gamer. Maybe it's less sleeping in on Sunday morning. Maybe it's less Netflix. Uh, less something. And we probably all know exactly what it is that prevents us from hearing God's word. 
the noise. Turn off the noise so you can hear the teaching of the Creator. Let's go back to verse 24 again. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hearing's important, right? You got to hear it first before you can do it. But you know, without this next part, we are really just wasting our time. Assuming you've heard God's word, it still does you absolutely no good if you aren't then putting it into practice in your life. And that's where it becomes practical, right? When you put it into practice, that makes it practical teaching. That's why we call it that. When we're doing what we've heard uh, from God. Church, atten church attendance. You know, it's great, to, great for everybody to be here, but it, it does us no good to grow our faith. Uh, uh, no sermon or Bible study will, will, will do you any good if you aren't then applying what you heard to your life. According to Jesus, uh, now this is Jesus, not me, Jesus. According to Jesus, if you don't put it into practice, you're a fool. Don't waste time listening or hearing to God if you're not going to put it into practice. Well, practice what? Practice what? Practice the things that God says for us to do as we read his word. The things, uh, the things we start to hear once we start listening, put those into practice. He teaches us to do some major things in our lives. Let's look at a few of, of them. Matthew 6, Jesus said then, this seek first his kingdom and his righteousness that's the teaching seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you will given to you as well so it's a, a command with a promise if you do this then all the things you need in life will be given to you so how do we put it into practice we we start focusing more on god's kingdom in our life than our own kingdom figure out how how can i put god's kingdom first above my kingdom romans 12 verse 2 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will uh what's what's the command here to put in practice uh practice thinking differently <laughs> Let your mind be transformed from the worldly way of thinking to God's way of thinking. Uh, and then, not, not the way social media wants you to think or our culture wants you to think, but how God wants you to think. Uh, and then, if we do that, the, the, the results are, hey, we'll be able to understand and be approved uh, by God. It will be pleasing to God when we do that. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. One of those uncomfortable uh, truths of God's word is, is we must forgive each other. You know, we need to practice patience with each other, and that's difficult. Forgiveness of those who sin against us, that's so difficult, isn't it? Even when they're wrong, we still must forgive them. Because this is God's way. This is what he wants us to do. That takes practice, right? 
you know, it, you can't just automatically, okay, I, I'm a forgiver now. Maybe some people can do that, but most of us, it takes practice to be able to do that successfully. Um, it's real practical teaching uh, that doesn't do any good if we're just hearing it. Isn't that interesting? We must forgive each other. <laughs> Teachings about your words and thoughts and your purpose in life, you know, that, that takes daily practice and adjustment. Well, I didn't do that very well today. Let me try it a different way tomorrow. God, help me to figure out how to do this that you want me to do. Help me to figure out, like we talked about Wednesday night, how to turn the other cheek, how to love our enemies and forgive them and pray for them. Help me to figure that out, Lord, because I'm not doing it very well right now. God's word sometimes speaks in general terms, you know. Sometimes he speaks in very specific terms. It speaks in very specific terms, but you know what? In some way, God's word speaks into every part of our life. Every situation that we face, we can find guidance from God's word. Putting those things into practice becomes the rock foundation that keeps us strong and builds our faith. And the opposite of that is true. If we ignore God's teaching, our faith is going to struggle. And we know that, we know that. If we are selfish instead of humble, our faith is going to be weak. If we are hateful instead of loving, our faith is going to be weak. If we are more concerned about building our kingdom than God's kingdom, you know, our faith will not grow. If we are immoral, you know, like if you're currently and intentionally and maybe stubbornly living in an immoral situation that you know God doesn't want you to be in? Or, or you're just keeping an addiction secret? Or you're sweeping sinful habits under the rug? If that's where you are, don't expect your faith to grow. You know why? Because you're, you're built on the sand. And it won't grow. God's grace is powerful. But he also asks us to take our responsibility for our actions, we have to put things into practice that we hear. So as you leave here this week, and every time you open up God's Word, whether it's uh, in your personal Bible study or, or, or when we're getting together to, to, uh, to study or maybe this sermon that you've heard today, let's do this. Every time we open up God's Word, ask yourself, do I know what to do with what I just heard? And I think we can apply that to almost anything we read in God's Word. God, how can I apply this that I just read today to my life? Help me to understand how to do that. And give me the strength to do it and the power to do it. And as we, we think about uh, that, let's consider one more very important ingredient in why we need to hear God and build our lives on His solid rock. If you want your faith to grow, you need to hear and do the practical teachings found in God's Word. Why? Because there will be storms. There will be storms in your life. You know, go back to the parable that Jesus uh, told. You know, why? What's the big deal, God? What's the big, big deal, Jesus? Why, why do I need a firm foundation? Why can't you just leave me alone and let me live in my little lean-to on the beach? Just watch the waves come in. Watch your beautiful creation there on the beach in my little lean-to. Why do I care if I'm wise or not? What if I don't want to be wise? 
Because, because there will be storms. Maybe it's nice today and the waves are gentle, but one day there's a hurricane that's going to come. And it's not going to be a nice gentle wave coming onto the shore. For both houses, for both houses, the one that's built firm on the rock and the one that's built feebly on the sand, storms are coming. You know that. You've experienced them. And you don't have to put your teachings, uh, put the teachings of Jesus into practice. You don't have to do that. God's not going to force you to do it. But if you don't, your house will fall when the storms come. Here's God's promise to you and me. If you want to stand firm, if you want your faith to be big, if you want the kind of confidence in God that you see in other people where you can confidently say, no matter what storms this life throws at me, no matter, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. One simple way to boost your faith is hearing God and practicing his teaching. So as we conclude here, let, let me get really practical for the, the basic, basic practical. Faith in Jesus brings salvation, right? Faith brings salvation. H- have you placed your faith in God? And, and most of you have. On Facebook, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior? The beginning of big faith starts with a decision, Right? A decision to commit your life to God. That's where it starts. Whenever the Bible talks about committing your life to Jesus, here's what it describes. It describes belief. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he was born to save us from our sins, that he, was, that he died on a cross for, you, for our sins, he rose from the grave on the third day? Do you believe that about Jesus? Okay. That's absolutely necessary. Repent. Are you ready now that you believe that to leave your old foolish ways, the worldly ways, and follow Jesus? Are you ready to do that? That's called repentance. It's necessary. It's necessary to hear and to practice his teachings. That's what you do in life now. Not just believe, but follow confess Romans 10 9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you'll be saved are you ready to say to the world with both your words and your life I have faith in Jesus Christ to be my Savior this faith I am committed to and I'm not ashamed of it not ashamed to say it baptism Every person that we read in the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is the only book in the Bible where we see people becoming a Christian. And every single time, they take the step of baptism immediately, immediately. It's a beautiful symbol. That's the the burial of someone in water and lifting up out of the water, resurrecting out of the water. It's a beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But it's more than just a picture of what happened to Jesus. Uh, It's also a a time when something wonderful happens to us. God does something during that time. He gives us for free the forgiveness of our sins. And he gives us for free the gift of the Holy Spirit to live in our lives. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. 
It's the time and the place where all that happens. And then faithfulness. The rest of our lives, we will live in this faith that we have put, put in Jesus, hearing and practicing and always seeking to make our faith bigger and bigger and bigger. Kind of a full circle, isn't it? You know, faith is what instigates our salvation through Jesus, and faith is where we live for the rest of our lives as someone who's sa- who is saved through Jesus. Now, today we've talked a lot about doing, right? Practicing the teachings of God, and we don't want to be confused here. We're not saying that we earn our salvation by doing stuff, by coming to church and being good. No, that's not where we find salvation. Our salvation becomes when we put, comes when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus who died on the cross for us. Not works that bring us salvation, but our faith. But listen, when I say that faith without doing is worthless, is worthless. Uh, another practical teaching in God's Word in the New Testament is found in the book of James, where he says, faith without works, without practicing what, you're, what you believe is, is dead, it's useless. So whether you start to build your life of faith today, maybe someone is ready to make that decision today and start on their journey of faith, or maybe, maybe you'll talk about it tomorrow, and we'll, we'll pray about it tonight and talk about it tomorrow, or maybe you started years ago in your journey of faith. Let's build our house on the rock, on Jesus' words. Hear him and put his teachings into practice. Let's live our faith. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the teaching of Jesus uh, that, uh, that tells us uh, to hear and to put into practice what you teach us. Sometimes those, uh, those lessons are not easy. They're, they're difficult, and we, uh, we, uh, we resist it. But Lord, help us to know that What we hear in your word is what you want from our life. And so with the Holy Spirit inside of us, give us the strength to do what we need to do to practice what we hear. So thank you, Father, for your word that uh, we don't have to listen through a staticky intercom, but we can just read for ourselves what you want from our lives and help us to do that every day, to come to church and hear it, to go to Bible studies and hear it, uh, to always be listening and hearing and practicing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.